Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I'm Dan Landrum. I'm Aaron O'Rourke. I'm Stephen Seifert. I wish we had the uh, first 60 seconds recorded, because there's a lot of emotion being expressed. Yeah. Today, is it, what's up? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the good thing is we shouldn't, we don't have to be entertainers all the time. Like, this podcast is not about us being entertainers. We're here to, uh... We're here to talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the rules of engagement for just a second. Oh, what is so that? that we oh. have, so that we have a good podcast. Okay, that's the ROI? Is that the yeah, same as return the room, on the investment? Of engagement, the street of engagement. That's like where you have street fights. <laughs> that's kind of our rule of engagement. No, remember, we sort of towards the end of our podcast, or after we're done, we always go, that was nice when you were nice at that Oh yeah, I like the idea that we treat each other as guests to the show. That's what you said last time. Yeah, I like that. Interesting. let me go ahead and introduce my guest today. Oh. I have Aaron O'Rourke, who's a real human being who works very hard at what he does. Aaron, it's good to see you, buddy. I could see this. The uh, listeners can't. Has lost a little bit of weight because he's been working on that healthy thing. And guess what? So has my other guest, Steve Seifert. I, like, I feel like story. the fat guy on this show. <laughs> Ten pounds, baby. It's probably more. I'm wow. so glad. You I've know, got... the mental clarity of eating better is really worth it. I don't even care yeah. if I lose anything. Yeah. One of the things that I've that I've run into, well, uh, both good and bad. One, I feel like I can actually... I feel like I've been able to comfortably play a little faster That's than usual. Yeah, with the strummy stuff. Um, the downside is because I'm just kind of getting on uh, the the fitness kick and trying to get healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing yet, and so I know I'm making a lot of mistakes with my form and lifting weights. And there's been a couple times where I've had I've messed up my shoulder. Oh or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tried using one of those uh, those ab roller things. You know, <laughs> those ones where you just stretch out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That puts so much strain on your shoulder if you haven't worked out your shoulders. I have some advice. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear it. This buddy of mine trains uh, baseball players, you know, pro players all over the country, and he he recommended to me that I get my core strength up. You know, gradually. To, to have a foundation of that before I start getting crazy with ab rollers. But you've probably got, you know, I'm like a, I'm like the blob. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're, you've got a hidden Adonis inside of you, right? I don't think so. I mean, like, have you ever <laughs> stuck a twig in jello? <laughs> That's what I'm like, dude. <laughs> Sorry, Dan is all quiet. That's how I feel. Dan, actually, Aaron, look at him. Doesn't he look fantastic? Dan's always been in better shape than either one of us. Right. I wear Spanx. <laughs> <laughs> always, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, when I take I think them off he's in the wearing, evening and just spread out. <laughs> I, think, I think he's wearing what we called in the late 80s jams, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Well, as you were talking about hurting your shoulder, and you guys, you know, Steve, I was thinking, but do I want to be the old man in this conversation? There's no training for being a grandparent either. Both Angie and I, right now, both of our right shoulders hurt a lot in the exact same place. It's oh. not from playing music. <laughs> <clears throat> it's from lifting children up and down. And, you know, mommies have that hip that they can set them on, and they're younger and stronger. Uh-huh. Generally, grandparents, we don't have that. <laughs> I wonder if you did some kettlebell exercises. That's what I'm Like, what you can probably of. market kettlebells for grandparents. So, for... Uh, those Aaron. of us who don't work out, not really sure what you're talking about. Well, bef- before Steve? Aaron says anything more, I like, and this is related to the kettlebells, and I don't know much about this, but you got to describe has, it. It has been suggested that we work out in a way that um, gets our body ready for we- real world stuff. You know, not some kind of strange, out of context physical activity, but something that would support core strength and. And doing the normal things we got to do in life. So I, so I take my grandson, I'll take my granddaughter when she's a little bit older, and neighbor kid. 
we've done this more than once, go down to the creek, down to Suck Creek, which isn't too far from here, and <clears throat> just hike up the creek, you know, half mile or so, which doesn't sound like very far. That's until pretty you realize, far in, in a creek. <laughs> and it's vertical. I mean, it's mostly vertical. So you get in spots where you're lifting, I guess, this kettlebell <laughs> that also has a mind of its own. You know, so think about lifting a kettlebell and on the way up it decides it wants to lean over here and grab a muscadine off the vine oh. <laughs> while you're trying to put them right on top of something and not kill them. So Aaron, what's so, what, what do you know about kettlebells? Not very much. I've Me never either. worked out with a kettlebell. So if I really try and describe it, dude, I almost ordered a terrible job. But oh, Steve, don't um, do that. Wait, Aaron, Aaron, keep going, keep going. So essentially, what it looks like is, uh, well, as opposed to a to a dumbbell where you have this a bar mm-hmm. and even weight on either side, this is essentially just one central weight with a with a handle that comes up. It's called, I mean, a purse. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of like, like a... It looks like a solid iron purse. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why but don't you just weight, get a purse? Weight isn't evenly distributed on it. Like um, a purse. Yeah, exactly. So if you set it flat, the handle will lean a little bit to one angle. Is that good? Um, supposedly, uh, because it is off-center, um, most exercises supposedly engage the core as a result of it being off center. I really don't know what I'm talking we about, really don't but know yet. I really want to go don't. get one of Angie's larger purses and bring it in here and set up <laughs> my kettlebell and go, this is practical. She's always on time. <laughs> but you know, just doing sit-ups, push-ups, jumping jacks, walking, that stuff is, I feel like that's what I ought to be doing before I do anything more bizarre. Well, well, just eating a little better. I, mean, I know. Dude, yeah, that's a biggie. That's that's my hardest point. But Aaron's in the room here with me, Steve, and my I have a treadmill desk, and I still use it. So yeah, that's good. I'll, I'll get several hours in a day when I have a lot of writing to do, to the point where I actually feels good sometimes just to sit down. So for me, just walking and being active, and then I practice early in the mornings. Most days I skipped it today because of work uh and then picking up grandkids it's like i want all that so that i can be healthy for the limited amount of time i get to have with my grandkids which is the most fun thing ever oh yeah have you, i feel uh, that way about kids uh, too well i don't know about any of that but do you guys know <laughs> about uh time restricted eating yes where you yeah. eat everything inside a 12 hour period or something like that yes yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you don't eat after a certain time at night. Well, it depends on when you wake up. <clears throat> like, I always heard, don't eat late at night, but I was kind of always kind of a night owl, yeah, so I was like, I don't get it. to when well, you get up. But, yeah, it's basically when, uh, what starts the clock is when you put the first thing into your body that is not water. Even black coffee counts, and even teas count <gasps> as... Okay, I could do all, I'd do all that except for the coffee part. Yeah. Why... Hmm. Very few calories in coffee, though. Yeah, but if it engages your liver and the little microbes in your stomach, and apparently it does. Makes you I, hungry? Is that what you're saying? Don't know. But apparently... Again, about, if I try and explain the science behind this, I'm going to fail miserably. Right. Or the um, science-y words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, that's what worries me about some of this here, Right. Yeah, Here's I'm that guy in the thing. comments section that like refutes the doctor who's done all this research. Right, like, that's BS. I think look at as musicians, what do we do more than anything? We drive. That's one. That's what we do more than anything. Secondly, what do we do? We eat. You know, like there's nothing like a bunch of musicians out on the road all going to some nice restaurant or some meet and three or. I mean, we know how to eat. Uh, I'm not going to call it hedonism. But here's the funny thing is all these years. I think you're projecting, Steve. Just, I'm, and I'm not trying to argue with you. You are you're my a guest. Little but yeah, you're a little different. I'm a little different from that. Well, just roll but with I, me I, for a minute. Because I've eaten Steve, it many think, times and you've enjoyed think, it every time. That's, <laughs> that's true. I think I agree that that, is, that does tend to be the norm at festivals that 
sitting down to eat tends to be when you get to have the chance to interact with your fellow instructors and sing back. country music songs at a pizza and hut. sing country music songs at a pizza hut <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah so you know. here's the thing when i i've always been real big on gravy you know hot bread desserts you know mm, gravy sugars all kinds of high carb stuff and the truth is like if i went in there and made sausage sausage biscuits and gravy and ate it it would it really seems to take me about three hours to recover and i don't even know that i really recover but what i feel is a great mental fog and a physical fog so i haven't been i mean i've been eating carbs purposely every day i think i'm getting enough but i'm trying to get just enough and what i'm experiencing is i can eat and i immediately can go into something with clarity the same kind of clarity I had before I ate. And, you know, for me, going back 25 years, I think I've been living a significant number of hours every day in a little bit of a fog. And as I get older and I want to spend time doing the things I think are more valuable, you know, um, I mean, I don't think my timing could be any better. And I, I, I just went out to eat this morning with a buddy and he had these big pancakes and all this stuff and. It didn't bother me. I didn't want that. I really, really like this mental clarity. I don't know how this is going to work out. But um, the excessive sugar and carbs, I don't care if I lose weight. I can't stand that mental fog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for me it was it was kind of a, a big moment uh, giving myself an opportunity to lapse and that that opportunity to feel really crappy as a result <laughs> Um, after not really putting a lot of... Oh, it's uh, a little bit of a letdown, isn't it? Well, I, I think that it's... I think to a certain extent it's healthy. Um, yeah. it, I, I felt like it was healthy for me anyway. Um, and that I, I don't feel that it started me off on that road again, but it was good to feel like, oh yeah, this is why you're trying to eat healthy. Yeah, Because you, you feel like this. <laughs> I just want to think better and act better. That's all. Yeah. And also, check this out. I don't know if this is related. You can think of me as Dr. Anecdotal. But I have not <laughs> had a headache. I have not had a headache since I started eating this way. Wow. Nice. Now, I, the funny Were you thing having is lots I, of headaches? Um, I go through periods where I wake up with headaches. So, you know, ask me in a year what happened. But um, my mom, who suffers from migraines, she's eating the same way. She hasn't been having migraines lately. Now, who knows if they're related, but um, I'm excited to find out. Because all this stuff, you know, we, we're all on Patreon now. We're all excited about writing new stuff, about getting some albums out there. I love this, this current wave of, it's like a revival a little bit for me. Um, I, 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 want, I want to have, I want to I be able to think better and act better. So that I can be a part of the wave here, you know? Yeah. Want to talk about the traps just a little bit? About where you guys are right now? Yeah, I would love to. Well, if I could, sure. maybe this plays into what yeah. you're going to say. I can already feel myself getting nervous about spending a significant period of time on the road again. Because, frankly, it's been, right. it's been pretty easy to do this. Since, uh, yeah, since it's not summer anymore. I mean, we've still had gigs and there's still, there's still been some traveling involved, uh, but it's not like back to back week long camps. Um, and I'm, I'm already starting to think about that and plot and plan for how I'm going to try and manage that. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Me too. I, that's a trap. Yeah. I kind of, I, I mean, I wonder uh, because I'm a I'm a late riser, and I want to I want to at least keep my breakfast routine intact, which I guess doesn't take a lot of time. But like on the front end of getting hired for festivals, I I kind of want to see if I can keep my I mean put in the same amount of work as everyone else. But uh, at a lot of these we have at least we have at least one workshop off, right? And I want to see if I can structure it in a way where I can bring some food with me and have some time to cook 
Go walk around uh, the place a couple yeah, times. Yeah, go. You know, I think you're totally yeah. right, and I, I, uh, but there's an idea that I think I, I did this at the Bandjammer gathering. I told myself uh, I'm going to do the best I can here, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to be perfect at it. And yeah. I like this idea. There's a way that you can eat and get some activity that's not ideal, but it's better than just going crazy, you know. So maybe yeah. you eat this and that, and it's not exactly what you'd have at home, but but you've already planned. It's like a contingency kind of eating and exercise. So, hmm. this but this morning, one thing I did, just to prove a point to my buddy, is I took one bite of his pancake, actually. Just to say, you know, look, I ain't going to freak out about this stuff. Nice. And this one bite of this pancake probably is not going to ruin everything and it i don't need to eat the whole pancake you know well i'm uh i'm experiencing something new right now i'm looking at the waveform uh, as we're recording yes. and i see a, a huge amount of squiggly lines for my channel and almost nothing for dan and it's making me kind of insecure <laughs> that I'm talking i think too dan much. is you know dan is always talking about health and eating and i think he's enjoying this <laughs> <laughs> it's like just let me bask in you guys finally coming around to me being right no no <laughs> no. no 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 just just listening i'm okay. being kind to my guests so i, I do want to know you you mentioned uh, no, talking the about guess. the traps well that was one Okay. That was, I mean, certainly one. Another Depression. Is, <laughs> yeah. So there's two I want to mention. One of them is kind of where I always go. It's sort of on the how the brain works mm-hmm. trap. And the other is just a life mistake that you and I have made multiple times, Steve. I don't know if Aaron's been guilty of this. But the first, the one that's just the brain thing, anytime... You've set out to do something, to achieve something. This is why placebos, actual placebos, are effective. Right. That's why this is why people get the symptoms that they're told the medicine has has even when they take a placebo, is because we notice a change and then we attribute it to something. And then we sort of wire our brains to notice that change again. And then whatever it was we thought happened, we've kind of stepped in that direction. We've created a rut. I don't mean that in a negative way. We've created a groove is a better word. Okay. So that this thing can happen again. So it's like you notice something, you know you want to have more energy. And so now you equate, I drank six glasses of water. Because all the stuff that you were saying, Steve, I was thinking about water. I kind of, that's sort of my association. So the feeling of having a little bit too much water in my stomach makes me feel like I'm really going to be productive. Interesting. And it could be something else for someone else. Those things happen to us. And we, you know, it's like we associate, we're, we're associative animals. So we make this association. Understanding that doesn't make it go away. I mean, even knowing it doesn't make it go away, but just kind of understanding that that's why it's easy to make the correlation and causation mistake in the middle of things. The most important thing that might be happening with you two is you've desired to do this. Yeah. That's why I I don't worry about when you say you're you're worried if you're doing it wrong. That's kind of the end of all that. Right. Um, You've got a way. A way is a better way than no way. So... (laughs) um, I'm thinking, so when I say I'm down to my third belt loop where I was on my first, is it just because wow. I'm really cranking down right now? There's a chance, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. When you walked in, I saw you. I said, dude, you've lost weight. You look healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. you know, so there I is. Did, yeah. 10 pounds, you can tell. I didn't yeah, think. Yeah, you can. I can feel it. I uh, Even, it's just, anyway. So the second one, you want to hear the second one? Yeah. yeah what's this is for me and trap. Steve more so, because I think Aaron has it together better than you and I do. <laughs> He's Uh-oh. got it together, baby. <clears throat> Your mind gets clearer, and you take on about 20 things because you think there you can do you anything. Go, that sounds <laughs> oh, like a, you know, that sounds like experience right there. I've, totally. I, I've actually done the exact opposite. See? That's uh, why uh, we don't like Aaron just a little bit. <laughs> sometimes. I feel like one of the things that I've tried to, I've had the clarity to remind myself manageable goals and and had, have had more control over momentum and just recognizing what 
what productive thing is going to feed into the next productive thing. And I don't, I, I don't have quite as many goals, you know, for every single day as I used to. And I find I'm actually checking all of them off and feeling That's good cool. at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I recently went through a GTD uh, cleanup. Me too. Steve, just, just so you know. About a week that, ago uh, for me. So now's the point during the podcast where both you and I tried to say, yeah, we're doing that too, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I, I mean, so if you're, see, I think you've got a healthy, I can't speak for Steve, so, but I think I might might be just a little bit. So correct me, Steve, if this doesn't apply to you, but I, I like to accomplish lots of little things and not that I would say on a list of paper, I want to accomplish these things, mm-hmm. but I like having accomplished cause I feel good. And that sort of feeds doing the next thing. Mm-hmm. And in my life, this is yeah. not a wine session, but it's really busy right now. <clears throat> you know, yeah, I know, Aaron, the stuff that's going on the council is just, it's an amazing amount of stuff taking Aaron place told me about it so I think I get a little bit of it too yeah it's intense and so that's eating up time and just other stuff's eating up time but I kind of like it I kind of like having gotten it done but if at any point I get derailed wow I mean you can just have this big train wreck that happens yeah but, but the train wreck won't be as bad because you've been keeping things together right more or yeah less. exactly exactly yeah you can get you can get up and get going again uh but i recognize that my i don't think this is i really mean what i'm saying now i'm not this is not a humble brag my ups and my downs and this is where i don't think you and i are the same steve my wave is pretty shallow on both sides hmm. i don't think i stray too far up or too far down uh but I'm not saying that's because I've worked it out and I've made Zen meditator. I think I was born that way. Yeah, and, you are you saying like you kind of st- you don't get too far from the shore or something? Yeah, not not too. Yeah. If it's a wave and there's there's ups and ups where you're super hypomanic oh, yeah. and you know, and the other one you're like super depressed. I'm, I'm yeah. rarely too far from the center on well, that. That's great. Like Lady Gaga, you were born this way. <laughs> but there's there's downsides to that as well. Rarely have I been around a lot of people Angie and I have been going to concerts lately we went to see Kansas last week yeah, that's nice. just amazing carry on Dan yeah <laughs> and I mean I there was one time where I was like this is my one of my favorite songs the lyric from it and it's not everybody else's favorite song I'm standing up by myself and clapping at the end you know yeah. <laughs> that was I'm comfort comfortable with that but then when when the person from the stage shouts the words beer or chattanooga or whatever i don't feel that compulsion like everybody else to go yeah yeah <laughs> you know there's not that so i'm willing to have what mm-hmm. my real emotions are and have them be revealed but the crowd sort of thing is never i don't get excited yeah. that way does that make sense yeah well i've noticed in crowds if i if i'm in the audience when i feel that there was something that was said for cheap applause i feel like i start to crumble on yes. the inside <clears throat> exactly yeah. by the way i feel that Kansas too but i good nice. i try to um rebel against that internal feeling i just kind of try to simplify can i I, can i just get this out i don't want to be too much of a you know anyway yes yeah so this is this is what i stood up for at the end of and i won't remember all the lyrics i won't do it but uh i'm woven in a fantasy i can't believe the things i see the path that i have chosen now has led me to a wall and with each passing day i feel a little more like something dear was lost it rises now before me this dark and silent barrier between all i am and all that i would ever hope to be or meant to be it's just a travesty to pass beyond is what i seek i fear that i may be too weak and those are few who've seen it through to glimpse the other side the promised land is waiting like a maiden that is soon to be a bride it rises anyway i'm almost I There's don't not know much exactly it, what you're saying, stop. but it's it's bringing me down. What is it's it? It's a good? great. It's a lyric from the Wall, <laughs> mm-hmm. from Kansas's song "The Wall," that spoke to me even in high school. It's one oh, of those yeah. things that sort of has become a, a mantra that I didn't even know it. Like when I feel myself hitting those low points, it's crazy. But that song lyric has always kind of been a thing where you're like, no, and it, it ends with the person in this song 
on the other side, smiling back at all who wait to cross. There is no loss. It just and, and he goes, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to do that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big guitar riffs in there. But that's how I feel about this stuff that does uh, like something that's big and meaningful for you you can mm-hmm. be emotional about and not have to be not have to feel odd uh but anyway back to uh the trap the trap is the opposite of the trap may be having something else that gives you that adrenaline or dopamine or endorphin rush and for you Aaron lucky man i think it seems to be efficiency yeah yeah that's what i presume yeah about him i want that (laughs) i want that too i want as much of it as dan you have more than me you know i do love me some dopamine (laughs) (laughs) hey you guys after the show you want to go do some dopamine You know, oh, um, I'm doing it right now. Really? Have you ever have you seen the T-shirt that says, "Seriously, the only thing that the only two things that make you happy are dopamine and serotonin." <laughs> <laughs> Think of this is how I feel a little bit lately. I know I'm. This is not a new thing to talk about this, but hey, I got a lot of waveform filled in there, by the way. <laughs> nice. Yes, so Aaron's not good. The, by himself. I feel like. Um, think of a mothership. Like you're up in space and you're on the main ship. Let's say. And you're going to do a spacewalk. And you got to get over to this other thing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> let's call it a space station or something. Dan, what is Dan doing? Um, keep talking. I know. He's look, I'm supposed to keep talking. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to take this opportunity to talk about Dulcimer School and Patreon. <laughs> if you will look up our names on Patreon, uh, we'd appreciate it. And hey. Go check out Dulcimer School. Here's a good Dulcimer School thing, folks. Yes, this is still the commercial. Um, I have scheduled weekly, on average, two-day video shots, shoots, in Chattanooga until December of 2018, which is insane. So Weekly? Um, I'm sorry. Monthly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> See no, what I mean? What this- <laughs> Yeah, but all right. So back to the show. Okay, so you're on a, uh, you're on, a, you're on one ship in outer space. You got to get to another ship, and you have to do a spacewalk. And you've got enough fuel to go halfway and then turn around if you have to. But if you go past the halfway mark, you only have enough fuel to keep going. All right. And I feel like in my music thing, like. <clears throat> Like, the one ship is kind of, I don't know. It was the me who was like, I got to go to college and get a degree and get a normal job and all this kind of stuff. And now I feel like I'm past the halfway mark, you know? And it's like, I'm really doing this strange thing that, you know, um, I can't quite get my head around it, that I've been doing the music this long. You know, basically since I was 21, I guess, and I'm 44, so I, I've talked about this before, but um, I really feel like I've I know you can do anything at any point in your life. I'm just telling you how I mm-hmm. feel. I feel like I've gone past the point of no return. And I, there's so much about it that's fantastic. The challenges uh, are even fantastic sometimes. But um, I just let, let me. I, I don't know. Don't you think that maybe you start to grow up at some point? Me? Oh, hell, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Am, am I no. almost on the verge of growing up? That's what I'm wondering. No. Yeah, Steve, I mean, I get the, I might be wrong, but I get the impression that if you wanted to, and I, um, I don't, I'll say this, I don't want you to do this <laughs> selfishly, but, uh, um, if you wanted to switch careers, I could see you being successful in another career, like as a stand-up like a comedian. Dentist? I was thinking a stand-up comedian, but a dentist. That's cool, too. <laughs> no, I think I should keep doing what I'm doing for now. I think you should, I, too. I, well, I mean... <laughs> the, 
That was close. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'd hate for people to listen to this and be like, is that Aaron trying to talk Steve out (laughs) of being a professional? (laughs) You found a new way to the top, did you? (laughs) (laughs) No. Dan, as you get older and make, and think, you know, I hope this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, but, um, no, I mean, getting older. This is making me uncomfortable. Go ahead. You 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 chose a kind of a creative life more and more and more and more, and then you eventually got a magazine, and and you've even gotten into some photography and stuff. I mean, you're, <laughs> you you know what's embarrassing? What's that? Uh, on the boy, people are going to go look at it now just to see. You sold the all truth. your camera equipment? No, heck no. But on the uh, Signal Mountain <laughs> government website. Uh-huh. Where there's a picture of everyone and a description what of what does they it do. Say you are. I still haven't sent them anything because <laughs> I don't know what to say. There's yeah. like so and so has their master's degree. In, yeah. In blah blah blah, and has worked to seventy two years. Like, what does this Dan guy do anyway? <laughs> it's like, yeah. so what do you do when you get selected for jury duty? You're like, I'm a professional husband. Stay at home. I, but you, I stay you know, home Aaron has put out. I do husband stuff. Aaron has put out nineteen books, y'all. Nineteen books. He's a putter outer. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, my mom That's why we was like, like what? <laughs> my mom asked the other day, "What does Aaron do for a living?" I'm like, "Mom, he's Isn't like a dulcimer player. That's what he's been doing for a while." Isn't that now, funny? You know? Yeah, it's hard to describe the life of a. You know, the simple word is we are entrepreneurs, right? Uh, Self unemployed entrepreneurs, and then you start tacking all the stuff on there. And my joke that I, my wife is tired of hearing me say but you know when somebody asks me the question and i tell them i always end with and i will wash your car if it needs to be done you know <laughs> because this is how we make a living probably wouldn't really because i don't That's wash right. my own but like when people when i meet people whatever they tell me they do for a living i can find something in my skill set that allows me to say i do that too <laughs> you know like, i've stopped uh, asking people partially because i don't want them to ask me yeah, that's oh, right. That's right. Yeah, some people get offended when you ask them what they do for a living. I found that re- out really kind of recently. Yeah, yeah. Really? It is sort of a thing that's come about in the last ten years or so. I would say, or maybe I just became aware of it. No, it's I'm supposed only, to be yeah. one of the best things to talk to somebody about. Yeah, huh. I mean, I'm still learning how to do small talk, um, <laughs> and so I thought it was just like the equivalent of nice weather we're having i just like read lyrics (laughs) (laughs) wait i have a poem i want to tell you that's the best small talk because i've noticed everybody listens (laughs) so aaron i don't know how to ask people this like i've started saying like it feels awkward but i always presume it's in my own mind i think that maybe it is in my own mind but it's like how do i ask the person so i'll say so what do you do with most of your time or i'll say so what do you enjoy doing or what have you done most of your life or you know i don't know if that awkwardness is in my mind and yours or is this really a growing question i mean is this something you should not be asking people Uh, i think some of it's generational and we well people in their late 50s mid to late 50s like me there's this thing where you say these people don't stay with their jobs very much i changed jobs multiple times when i was in my 20s i think people change jobs a lot when they're in their 20s and unless they want to wrap their identity up in their job that's not really who they are you know yeah it's i think cooler questions are like so what are you interested in tell me about yourself and then, you know, I think that's not Aaron. Let's start using that one. Yeah, that's good. What are you interested in? What what really gets you going? See, I don't. Want yeah, to exactly. That. Just, so, <laughs> uh, do you watch the news? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's tired of talking small about small talk. <laughs> yeah, small talk. Small so, what brings talk. you the greatest amount of sadness in your week to week life i I would i've actually asked people what brings you joy what is it that brings you joy i think that's a reasonable question i like having that that works better in california than it does like in southeastern missouri really no i don't know 
Huh. No, and I was just out in California, and it seemed like we all had conversations. Like, you could say, what really brings you joy without somebody giving you a funny look, you know? But if you do that in, like, central Tennessee and Crossville or something, somebody would be like, where are you from, boy? You know, it's not that bad, but I don't know. What am I so, so let's say, I'm going to, please don't be offended by this, anyone. If I say what brings you joy, and you tell me, my wife and I really love NASCAR. I'm not into that in any way at all. But if I'm really wanted to know what brings you joy, the only proper response for that is really tell me what's uh tell me why what, what do you like about it? And that's genuine, right? I mean, yeah. it is neat to find out what somebody loves about something even if you don't like that something. That's right. And there's this tendency to go, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" Uh that's not good. I've learned later in life. <laughs> 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 that old social thing. Yeah. In this pause, we're thinking about how we can relate this back to dulcimers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check this out. I got a little thing. This rhythm idea I'm working on. So you can count to four over and over. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now I'm going to accent um, the first of every three beats one two three four one two three four one two three you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. right so listen to this a one two three four one two three four one two three four one two three four one two all right so that thing where you're accenting different beats according to this cycling polyrhythm that's going on you know i'm counting in four but i'm really accenting in three four right and this is one thing I've really enjoyed on the drums lately that's helped me really appreciate doing this on the dulcimer. That allows you to experience physically and mentally what it's like to accent every beat and still keep a, the groove of the four. You know, So I still have the four going on, but I'm experiencing physically and mentally what it's like to accent any of those beats. And the polyrhythm systematically takes you through all of those and then it leads to freedom in improvisation so then the next step after that is hmm i want to think of lyrics to a song so my right hand i'm doing the swing and my left hand i'm thinking of the syllables of a song and i'm playing the snare drum to match those syllables and then my right hand stays without wavering well here's i don't know if i'm being clear but what's helped me keep that one hand doing the pattern while the other improvises without screwing up that these polyrhythms running these polyrhythms you know and um it's really been so great going to an instrument that i know so little about again because it really reminds me of all the dulcimer stuff that gets me excited okay I have stop a history okay. of, Wait, of, stop. of not stopping when you say <laughs> no 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 not what you what you're saying is really important i don't want you to leave people define a polyrhythm okay now i'm not the best person to define a polyrhythm but i would just say you have two different counts going on at the same time where the ones align this is one kind of polyrhythm. yes all right so stop so that when the ones align that's the thing that's the thing that you're identifying that is the polyrhythm it's that set where it comes around and they align at some point and polyrhythms are things that can be learned as things and if you don't have them, when the music forces you to do something that kind of is that polyrhythm, you can lose the main it's one. A, it's often a fragment of the polyrhythm. That's yes. what's most practical. So just like any kid, why am I going to learn these polyrhythms? When am I ever going to use this in real life? Hey, you're going to use fragments of it. And there's going to be an experience you get from studying these that will come out in a different context. You know, it's Let's do this, Dan. Let's try this out. Uh, Dan is going to count to, no, no, Aaron, you're going to count to four. One, two, three, Three, four, four, one. one, And then Dan, you're going to do three. And then when Dan is come in, then I will come in with two. So we're going to have Aaron's counting to four in the same amount of time that Dan's counting to three in the same amount of time that Steve is counting to two. Okay. And because of the delay on Skype, uh, 
Don't Be- listen to Steve. Yeah. Okay. Don't listen to Steve, Dan. All right. Well, so yeah, I'm, they'll line up. I'm listening. Yeah, to I know they'll yeah. they'll line up. I'm just taking my headphones slightly off. Right. <laughs> so you want me when to count I to come four? In, is that right? You're going to be confused. So really, all right, yeah. go. I'm Aaron counting first. to four, right? Yeah. Just okay. let him settle in, so our audience. Yeah, can I'm hear. taking the headphones off, so I won't hear you anymore. Steve. Okay. All right. So, one, two, three, four, one, two, two, three, three, four, one. one. Can I address that, what you just said, though? Because I've done this playing before, I was thinking of the polyrhythm and knowing that the two falls just before his three, in between the two and the three. So I just, and it's harder when it's slow. Yes, and Aaron yeah. started a little slow. <laughs> started slowly. I'm like, oh, I thought man. I was starting at the at the pace that you gave me. Yeah, you, you probably did. But which 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 highlights the reality that playing slower sometimes very much is harder. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard. But because I've practiced that particular polyrhythm, I was able to take a guess just even without knowing where the one and the three was about where the two was, and that's what allowed me to start doing the the triplet with mm-hmm. my hand because I knew what that thing looked like in my head. Now, and yeah. we were a little sloppy, but it wasn't bad. And yeah. the, here's the thing that I think is, is good for players out there. When you go deeply, rhythmically, like we just did, when you're trying to get better at these strange, deep concepts, it will actually make your bottom cabbage better, I really think. Because you have developed a greater sensitivity to the flow of time in space. <laughs> hey we did something kind of fun this weekend when we played turkey in the straw didn't we do six against four at one point there was one point where you did something and i told myself keep doing what you're doing seifert i was really glad you did yeah well i didn't quite right or, i mean i i bent a little bit i saw you close your eyes and, <laughs> and focus and i was so glad you stuck to four that was fun so yeah I, w- I want to do a song. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun to have you guys involved in this. This is a rhythm that's always intrigued me, and it's not complex, but when you hear it fast and the instruments take the different parts, it's very cool. So picture a hi-hat that's just doing... Tick, 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 tick. So it's one and two and three and four and five and six and... Excuse me, yeah, do it in four. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and... Now... The first time through, the heavier beats are going to be one and two and three and four and, okay? Okay. S- second time through, they shift off onto the upbeats, but they don't wait until the end of one. They do it on the four. So it's one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and... I love that one. I do, too. Yeah. And it's not complicated, mm-hmm. but when you hear it done really well, just then it's sort of easy to understand. You could put a band together and move people around within that and do some things like you're talking about, Steve, where you're, yeah. instead of just taking one, two, three, four, one, two, three, you start moving them around on the eighths. Where you could do every five eighth notes or something. I know. Like it's just three killer exciting to try to one, follow. One, two, and three, and four, and and two and three yes so, and, and here's well, let's not get off of this one because this is good here's the deal when you're clapping on the beat and your hands are soft everybody can handle that but a lot of people when they shift to clapping loud on the hands with the soft beats some part of them 
releases the importance of the beats and the beats are still important. So what I yeah. do when I do that kind of exercise with a group or by myself, those like if your first beat is really soft, I still emotionally and mentally give great weight to that beat one. That's what keeps my loud ands in context and accurate. I do a lot of work with people on, hey, we're not going to hit the strings on beats one or three, but we're going to feel it. Hmm. We're going to move our upper body to it. So one of the biggest problems is somebody says, oh, you want me to accent the and of one. Well, they almost start to pretend that the and of one is one, one, and then they're lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. This this kind of stuff. You know, here's why the drum set's so cool. I've been doing this stuff on my on the steering wheel and in my head and all these years on hand drums, you go to a drum set, you get all four limbs going and you start singing while you're doing it. It's, it's some deep learning. And I find there to be um, an accelerated learning process for me. I'm. Have you hit the wall where you can't do something and it? I mean, you just can't. And I know how to get over it, but yeah. Yeah. How do you get over that? Multiple times. The first thing I always do is I think, this is what I do. I don't know that everybody else should do it. I think logically what's happening. Then I try to do it from the gut with my mouth only. Then I try to do it with one hand in the mouth. And usually, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean my, <laughs> I don't mean foot and mouth disease. Can we see? <laughs> so like... um like that whole thing where I'm doing the swing rhythm with the right hand. I can do that, but I can't necessarily use the left hand to play. So what I do is I do the right hand on the cymbal and then the, what the left hand will be doing eventually. I think of it logically. I do it with the mouth by just singing. And then when I put the left hand back in, sometimes, I do half the time, the left hand is doing it without me being in charge. And I sit there and marvel at it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. If I can really get it in my brain and on my tongue... Sometimes, half the time, the body just follows suit. And I'm, and then I say to myself, let it keep doing it. Don't focus on it. And let's just do that for five minutes. And then the next morning, I've got it. You know, It's like I've, I have to figure out how to trick my body into doing this thing. And as soon as it does it, I have to remove my focus and just say, all right, body, get used to that for a while. So how you do know? you convince other people they can do what you're doing, Steve? Aren't you just like a miracle? No, I'm constantly failing at what I'm doing and then excitedly striving hungrily to um, trick myself into doing the right thing, to figure out what the right thing is. That's my talent is, is being just as lost as everybody else, but having this strange obsessive passion about figuring it out. And it's always you can come at it from 20 different angles and you never know which ones are you're going to need. And, and I never nail this stuff either. I like this process. What we're talking about. It's the, my favorite thing about music. Hmm. And when I get, and then I go to this festival where Aaron is doing crazy stuff on the dulcimer. And I see that he's doing the same kind of thing, you know, that I've been doing on the drums. And I'm like, this is what I like. Now, part of me looks at Aaron and says, you can't do that. And I'm like, you can do that. You know, here's the big difference. Aaron has just been working on that. He loves that. You know, I can do what I want to do. I got to figure out what do I love? You know, I, I don't think people need to be. I think people should be encouraged by each other in yeah. this regard. I concur. And we've mentioned it before, but recognize that everyone has, like you said, Steve, every, everyone is struggling and mm-hmm. everyone sees somebody else do something and experiences a little bit of doubt. From it's time really to time. easy to think that it came easy to them. And that's really, you know, if you're involved in a hobby and you're looking for a way out, there's no quicker way out than finding somebody that's really good and then pretending that it came easy to them. I mean, hmm. that's an easy out. If you're looking for an out, I, I think uh, I think when you 
put yourself in an uncomfortable place and really try and dig into the stuff that you're struggling with and you make it past a few, um, a few big milestones, um, with in, in terms of accomplishing things that felt impossible. If you do that enough, I think that every time you run up against it, it's mm-hmm. you, you develop this attitude that this is what learning feels like. You get better and, at that. Yeah. You get better at that. Like these computer programmers who have to learn a new language every eight years or whatever, some of them get better at relearning language or learning a new mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Some of them just say, I've had enough of this. You can actually get good. Like this, when people say they want to avoid bad habits, I'm like, well, how about this? How about you quit worrying about the bad habits and just get good at changing your musical habits? And at mm-hmm. some point, uh, you're not going to have to worry about bad habits. Okay. So, so to complete the thought, when you were saying, yes, am I on the point of growing up? And I said, no, that you just described what that's all about it's because that's yeah. the way children learn and you don't you don't want to grow out of that they're like yeah. want to learn something i mean children not everything about them is the way we want to live our lives <laughs> but certainly learning we can learn a lot from watching them and yeah so mm-hmm. that's what i mean and i'll Steve. tell you this goes for diet exercise relationships career you know um it's okay. What's okay? It's okay to have some dissonance. It really, it's essential to have some dissonance, I think, personally, uh, for the growth to really happen. That's just my opinion. You can, though, begin to associate the dissonance with anything that changes in your environment and be a pretty miserable person. Same thing that I was talking about. What do you mean? The the same thing that I was trying to explain earlier about how you can, something can happen. You like your belly feels a little full with water and you like, I know I'm going to be productive because I've done this thing. And Mm so you can also have negative associations that keep people, some people stuck in depression. And that's why I think talking, helping people talk through that kind of thing helps sometimes to realize, Mm. oh, I feel this way. Every time I feel this way, here's how I tend to go. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. I love talking to you guys. I feel right now, like I haven't said this, but I've been thinking it the whole time. I can't wait to get off of the the podcast. I wonder what I'm going to do today. Because you guys are jazzing me up. Cool. You know, that's... Well, I know one of the things I'm going to work on. um, I know uh, on this podcast, I think last time... Uh, I think is when I played a little bit of the uh, tremolo, right hand tremolo with the left hand mm-hmm. pizzicato on a different string. Well, Steve, cool. Steve, when I saw you uh, this past weekend at the band chamber gathering, you were yeah. doing something with uh, uh, that I didn't mean to with the the polyrhythm idea, with strumming with your. I think it was what you you were describing, strumming with I your did right the hand. Swing and you rhythm were doing with the right hand and the other rhythm with the left, doing what was it, plucks or something? Yeah, just plucking the open bass string. I want to start yeah. trying. I want to start trying to do that with some left hand pizzicato and moving yeah, that around. Could get crazy. Yeah, I think that could it, be really it could cool. Get crazy. Exciting. And Dan, so Dan, you're a servant. You're a public servant right now. And it's taken up a lot of your time. And I, I, I guess that's great. Um, uh, selfishly, I wish you had more time to talk to me uh, two hours a day about polyrhythm. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. But I, am, I'm, I think the, yeah, can I say the biggest mistake I think I'm making musically right now <clears throat> is I, I'm into this recording project. Nice. But it's been so long since I've done one. I'm sort of exploding with ideas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like I'm writing something new. Just, that's oh, it's really frustrating. I understand, yeah. There's like so much stuff and you can't, I mean, you can't, you can't learn it all. Mm-hmm. You, it's a you, lot of work. It's a, well, you just can't. You, there's not, at least the schedule doesn't allow it. So, yeah. If some, yeah. Anyway. I mean, how would you feel about just recording? Maybe this is a different topic for another day because I know we all have to go. But uh, um, how would you feel about just recording one song at a time? And then once you get to around five or six going, okay, what kind of song would turn this into a complete project? Yeah. So yeah. the idea that I'm working on right now is a complete song a month. Okay. But 
<laughs> I get a little bored. I'm already seeing that I get a little bored trying to perfect this thing yeah. because there's this other thing that got my interest. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of the stuff that Steve was saying and it, about the one, two, doing mm-hmm. threes and four. Now I want to do that. I want my left hand to find a melody where the melody is occurring every three beats and my right hand is doing some pattern based out of four. So yeah. sometimes what and I could spend me, the day with that. Sometimes what helped me with Patreon uh, because I wouldn't just work on when I was doing per song. Um, I wouldn't just work on one song every month. I had this backlog of ideas that I kept revisiting, yeah. but then I would take one period of time where I would just obsess over one of them. Uh, that was relatively short in duration because I'd played around with it for three or four right. months. Uh, but then w- in one week, I would just try and solidify this and get that really solid and record it. And maybe that's what you need. I don't know. Maybe that won't be. No, no, I think it is what I need. So, yeah. For me, I think I need to set aside two or three days where there's really not much going on at all except <laughs> that track. All right. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. But I, why I, can't you? <laughs> because there's just too many things during the day. If like I've been working pretty efficiently, so I'm I'm not uh embarrassed by my work output right now. I'm sort of happy with it. And but you know that, Steve, it comes with hyper organization, but you and I, again I don't know that <laughs> here's maybe Aaron could need some of this guilt also, but you and I, because of children being involved, you know, and more local extended family mm-hmm. I recognize that I can get very selfish about my music stuff and that there are other people who need me and some of that what you said I don't like the idea of saying that other people need me that's why I do public service mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy it it's been I've been in some pretty contentious situations and held my own kind of enjoy that so yeah. <laughs> that may be a selfish thing going on and i also not just kind of i really enjoy the time i get to spend with you know family doing stuff and you know helping missy get her new house going but if i get too into my music and i don't do those things i actually feel a profound sense of i'm not doing the right thing right now the right thing is for me oh. to stop doing this and go play with kids or go put an outlet in my daughter's kitchen or does that make sense yeah. So when I say I can't do that two or three days just to focus on one thing, it's just not doesn't seem to me like that's possible in my life anymore. Hmm. Uh, because I don't have. Yeah, I don't but know. Right why. now, it's not. Well, maybe never. So a better way of doing it would be able to work in pieces and have consistent projects going on. And it's the yeah, that's another way to do it. Yeah, just to just move everything yeah. a little bit every day. And so, like, I'm in the middle of this Patreon launch. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable that this is a multi-step process. Yeah, that I'm phasing. Yes. I'm phasing this launch out. Not like, oh, I got to get that done. It's like you and I creating websites, Steve. We've done it so many. Remember those horrible I'm so days? Glad we don't do that. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't do that because we just drop everything. Com. and for yeah. a week, work on a website. Get it two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, because we would say it two days. Three days is two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right? And and then get to the place where everything else has gotten so backed up. You know, it's like you got to call. You got to call it done. It's not really done yet. But you call it. So anyway, I got some of those in my life as well. So, hey, we all have uh, appointments that we must move That's on right. to. Mm-hmm. So don't get mad at me, Steve. But, but you're saying we're going to have to end the podcast. No, I'm about to say something. We didn't do what we said we were going to do this week. Yeah, what were we going to do? You were supposed to have had an instrument in your hands. I even wrote Aaron this morning and said, hey, so I'm setting up and you're going to have an instrument in your hands today. Right, Aaron? One of us was going mm-hmm. to do that on each week. And uh, he wrote back and said, no, Steve was doing it. And I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. All I did was text. I could do it, but you guys could do it, too. That's all I said. And here's the deal. I didn't want to play nothing today. I couldn't be happier with the conversation we've had today. It's been exactly what I needed. But now, whether it's what the audience needed, I don't know. When you were talking about uh, the polyrhythm stuff, I was aching. Yeah, I really should be playing drums on here, but I ain't going to do that. I'll do it. So, so for the next dulcimer players news, the theme is the power of the drone. That's right, right, and that's not just traditional that's stuff. Right. Oh, that's weird. So, yeah. <laughs> so Aaron is working that's on weird. 
There's there's a number of different ways to to go about it, but I think um, can I, I, t- yeah. I can I can be in the hot seat next week. Yes, if please. You, yeah, and I can take the following week unless Steve says he wants to. But it'd be what yeah. is this the thing? Following so we week. each play every week. You know I rebel against this kind of formulaic masochism. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> well, not, I don't know how we're going to fix that. You need to go practice polyrhythms okay. or something. So Angie said today in this room just a little while ago, she said, well, I mean, you have a theme for the next magazine? And I you know, <laughs> rolled my eyes a little bit. I said, yes, we're doing the power of the drone. And she went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh that's and I said, no, no, that's no, no, funny. no. It's not. It's not. She said, drone just like, ah, da, 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 da. I said, no, 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 no. Because Did you say diatonic- the drone or the drum? The drone. 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 I thought you were saying drum. <laughs> I thought you were saying sweet. <laughs> I was like, no wonder she rolled her eyes. <laughs> no, the power of the drone and these diatonic-based the instruments drone. that we play. Yeah. The drone is an important part of... It's an, I should do an article for this. Yeah, I would love yeah. for you to do an article. I'll, I'll make time to call you at any time you want, and you talk, and I'll write the article while you speak. Is this a winter issue? No, this is the one that's going to go to press in about two and a half weeks. Like as oh soon gosh. as we get back from uh, Black Mountain. From Black Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, podcast of Black Mountain. Yeah. That was one yes. of the most fun ones we ever did at yeah. the table. So Let's do it again. We'll have to round. I don't think Amber is going to be there, but Aaron and Sarah are going to be there. Rick Thumb's going to be there, and I asked him yesterday. Oh, good. I would love to get Rick Thumb in the middle of that. Nice. He would be fun on there, yeah. 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 All right. I love you guys. Let's wrap this thing up. Bye. I love you guys too. See you bye. Bye. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs>